Hello, mate. Hello. How are you doing? You're I'm right? not bad yourself. Not bad, mate. Not bad. Thank you. Right, so as you can hear, we've got someone else on. We've got uh, Mr. Sport, Yanis Fleming. How's it going? Yeah, not bad, man. How's things? Not too bad. Busy, busy. Yeah, I bet, I bet. <laughs> I bet you're glad to have a day off. Oh, mate. <laughs> I was, I was. Yeah, I've got the I've got a cold, so... <laughs> yeah, I've just seen that on your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh, how's things been going yeah not bad not bad I mean it's been a busy week got a lot of fighters uh, making weight and stuff um, this week so yeah yeah it's going well yeah and obviously you uh, you do the uh, health and nutrition side for a lot of top guys in the UK and yeah. in Europe as well yeah yeah that's right yeah a lot of the um a lot of the bama cage warriors acb and sort of european ufc guys so yeah so yeah how, like we'll, we'll go back to the start with it so how did it all come about for you and stuff like that because i seen on your instagram one of your posts saying that it'd been uh i think it was a while ago it was three years that you that you left to go to america with, with no, like hardly any money and stuff like that and no job and no clients and uh yeah what you've done yeah. in three years is incredible no, I appreciate that. I mean, yeah, I, I was I was at university um, studying health and exercise science, and obviously I took a little bit of uh, MMA myself um, down in Southampton, and um, you know, having a couple of terrible weight cuts um, myself through the years, I just thought it's an area that I'd like to work in. Um, so yeah, I literally just started adding guys from from gyms in a, in America, and and yeah, just booked myself a flight, used a. Uh, used an overdraft to get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, and obviously uh, weight issues are a massive part of, uh, of the MMA game as well, and as, as well as the fitness game. Like, people take them the wrong way, so to speak. I mean, like I said to you through Messenger, like, my, my biggest pet hate is people missing weight, especially when they pay people to do it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, you've had... Uh, bad weight cuts yourself i actually was training in mixed martial arts as well and had a bad weight cut myself too and can't do it anymore <laughs> yeah yeah it's savage man i mean most people most people don't really know um what to do when it comes to weight cutting so i think i think that's that in itself is an issue you know the education education there isn't there yeah see i think it's uh like you said yeah a lack of education and uh lack of knowledge and because people see that if they're in the sport then they kind of see what they see on telly and see people doing it on the telly and think they can do it that way. Whereas obviously you have to find it perfect for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it does depend on the individual. Certain things work better than others, you know? Um, but there is an underlying sort of basis for science that, that I think universally everyone, everyone, uh, everyone can use. Yeah. And like, like with mine, I, uh, it's what most of like the guys in the UFC and stuff like that. And, quite a lot of the top pros use anyway it's uh the water loading one yeah and uh i tried that um whilst i was training because i was getting ready for two fights um in the space of a month of each other so i was drinking near on four liters of water a day and uh training and stuff like that and then gradually cutting the weight and too quick i lost in one day i lost seven and a half pound which yeah. today is um, is natural really it's normally what they do so some of these top guys cut more than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, so you tend to you tend to want to get most of the weight off during fight camp through sort of regular dieting, so that you you sort of feel like you're targeting fat loss. Um, then in the final week, when you would be cutting the majority of your weight, so you know some fighters, like you say, it could be ten, fifteen pounds, and that you would sort of, you would want to cut from water. Um, so it's a slightly different process, but. Um, but yeah, essentially that—that's how you would get the weight down. Uh, is through is through water, water cutting. So yeah. Yeah, and see, like for me, obviously, like you said, uh, most of the time you want to get it done through dieting. See, I try to do it different. I try to get the weight off at the start of the camp, to then yeah. train at the weight that I was fighting at. Because obviously, if you train with bigger guys and stuff during that camp, you're going to build more muscle mass and you're going to be stronger and stuff, but still be at the same weight that you're fighting at. So you, your body's used to it, in a sense. And yeah. I've said this to a few people, and they're like, nah, I normally only like to stay on weight for about 20, 30 minutes. And I'm like, why? Because <laughs> you, yeah. I, I get like all the refueling and stuff, and being heavier come fight game day, 
but I just think it'd be a bit easier if they trained their camps at the weight that they were fighting at, and then obviously when they refuel after weigh-ins, it's yeah. And obviously, people people obviously have it different ways. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, there are, it, it, it it sounds on paper like it would make more sense to just um, have be that weight and and train um, on on weight for for the duration of fight camp. But the reality is, if you've got a large amount to cut, you're not going to be able to just target that through fat, which means you're going to end up having to risk carbohydrates. You're going to have to risk muscle. You're going to have to risk recovery in order to make weight a hell of a lot earlier. Whereas I think the approach um, the other fighters you're talking about take is um, they would train normally throughout fight camp uh, and then taper things down um, so that they could cut the weight. Um, because because otherwise, if you do it the other way around, you you run the risk of affecting, like I said, performance, recovery, and you've just got no glycogen in the muscle because you've just underfed on carbohydrates. Yeah. Um, so that's an important factor that, um, I think I think a lot of fighters are unsure of as well. So, yeah, and no, I presume it, it it annoys you as much as it does me when people you see people paying these people, you know, like people like yourself, um, stupid amounts of money in the pros and uh, still miss weight. <laughs> well, what I don't understand is, you know, I've been doing this for, for for a few years, and I'm you know I'm not an old guy. I'm I've just turned twenty five, so they. I, I've never had a fighter miss weight, and I know obviously it comes down to the it comes down to the individual. You know, you can only give them guidance, and and what they do with it is, you know, it depends what they do with it. But I, I you see these these big nutritionists, you know, you see like Mike Dolce, you see um, George Lockhart, and some of these big guys like Khabib and stuff are just not making weight, and I find that insane because you know I'm. I'm working with guys over here in the UK that are only earning, you know, maybe 500 pounds less than that a fight. And they're still motivated enough to, to, to be able to follow the right procedures to make that way. And, and like I said, you see people like Khabib, like with, with top names and, uh, you know, and they're, they've got a lot backing themselves, you know, they're at the top of the sport um, and, and they're missing weight. It's, it's fucking crazy. Man. Yeah. And it's uh, like for, for the guys that are in like the UFC and stuff like that, um, I uh, I can't remember who I spoke to now, but oh yeah, it was uh, Joe Giannetti from the, this season's Ultimate Fighter, and I was saying like people are missing weight and stuff like that. But yet, if they're in Vegas, they get stuff like the Performance Institute that they can do their last week of it. If their fights in Vegas, or when they're doing fight week and everything like, that, they will actually help them cut weight and make sure that they make weight and healthy. And the Performance Institute um, is it's ridiculous. It's on another level of everything like for gyms recovery they've even got like mini surgeons there and stuff like that in case you get a small cut yeah um, they've also got like nutritionists and stuff yeah I know, um i was going to apply for a job there i never got around to it so they obviously found someone else <laughs> but um but yeah I, they, they've got some top top guys there with with the real education the real backing of science um which i think the sport lacks you know um it, it definitely lacks uh lacks that certainly in the uk so so yeah it's good to see good to see that um coming about in the, in, in the state well hopefully there might be like a little uh a little bit of a silver lining because there was a, a few months about six months ago there was a thing saying that the ufc are gonna open uh 100 i think um ufc gyms in the uk around yeah. the uk so hopefully there uh there still won't be a chance for you to get signed for the ufc <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, maybe. But knows? yeah, hopefully they'll have like, they won't just be what the gyms are in America. There'll be everything else based on it, like little mini versions of the Performance I Institute. Hope, I hope so. I mean, I, I, I hope it's not just a commercial way to bring over MMA over here and, and make money. I hope it's a, I hope it, you know, it's something that can work with the other MMA gyms already in the UK that are established as a way of making things better rather than just sort of commercializing and monetizing everything, you know, the MMA just to make money. Um, but, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and obviously, like you said, instead of trying to bring MMA over here, because the MMA in the UK is, is rapidly growing and the talent is becoming next level. Like, we're able to keep up with what the Americans have got. Yeah, it's true. So yeah, it's hopefully it's uh, a bit there. 
So hope we will see. Yeah, hopefully it's uh, like I said. Hopefully it is not just the gyms and more of like what the performance institute is. So they do have set nutritionists there. Um, obviously, there'll be guys from the UK that are working there. Anyway, that are nutritionists in this country like yourself and stuff like that so if they bring in people like yourself then it's it takes it to the next level yeah i mean because at the moment we you know the, the sport is still young so we've got a lot of um i think the issue is you look at a sport like football um and and you can see that there's you know elements of sports science everywhere there's there's physios there's nutritionists uh, strength and conditioning coaches technical and tactical coach everything in mma you've almost got one coach and your teammates that are essentially they're your training partners they're your trainers they're your pts they're your nutrition you know they're helping with your weight cut um it's more of a it's more of a family in mma i suppose than it is a a, a sport in essence because you've got the people around you that are helping you, but they don't necessarily have the knowledge themselves in, you know, in what to do. And that's why we see so many people cut weight terribly because their, their team doesn't know any better. You know? Especially in like, uh, like the amateurs in, in UK MMA, because obviously, like you said, it is more of like a family. So your head coach will also be your manager. He'll also be like the head coach at the gym who does like a PT sessions and everything like that as his full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. I mean, did you see that Darren Till wake up? Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, that's crazy. Like, so if he'd have, that was like the point that I was kind of making. So if he'd have taken um, a couple more days during his fight camp to get a little bit more weight off instead of training at the weight that he normally walked around at instead of doing it the day before weigh-ins, he wouldn't have lost so much. He wouldn't have ended up having to lose so much of his purse. He wouldn't have almost killed himself. Um, If he'd have even a couple of pounds a week <laughs> when he goes gets to that bit before fight before he does when he does his weight cut sorry he's cutting a percentage of it off yeah i mean i think I, when i was watching it i thought there was a few things that were really counter sort of counterproductive i mean i i, I understand completely what you mean but i i also understand why fighters do wait until the last minute i mean if you think about a water load and you think about so you're you're increasing how much water you're consuming you're lowering salt you're lowering carbohydrates essentially the water is going to flush out um but the, the the problem is either either you know he wasn't sticking consistently to 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 you know the the plan that he had been given or the plan itself wasn't right because I don't think it's an issue of the time that he should have, you know, cut weight perhaps a few days earlier. I just think like something wasn't working properly in his body for him to have to put that much effort, you know, into trying to cut the weight. And I see him on the treadmill for hours with his team around him and like hats off to him. Do you know what I mean? They're clearly, as I said, like a, like a family, but there, there's something lacking there that, you know, someone of, of his caliber in this country, you know, that he ne- he needs to have. Um, in order to make the weight, so it, it's a weird one. It's a weird one, but yeah, yeah. And like with that, like uh, like you're saying, it's something wasn't right with him and stuff like that. And this is why a lot of people are saying, oh, they should have even more weight categories or stuff like that. But I've also seen that the the UFC are trying to do it, so um, people aren't cutting so much weight because soon enough someone's going to die from it. I mean, I've seen a story. Uh, a few years ago where a, a Scottish lad was in Thailand and he was cutting weight for a Thai boxing fight and they found him two days later in his bed and he died from dehydration. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with that's the thing with these contact sports is you're not just dehydrating uh, and rehydrating the body. You've got to think about the brain as well. And one thing when you do dehydrate the body crazy amounts you know just to make weight on the scale no matter how much you rehydrate you're still fighting on on a dehydrated brain um and if you think dehydrated tissue getting you know taking punches um in the long term that that's gonna mess with you man that that, that's a lot where um these these um head injuries come from it's it's not just the impact of of you know the shots to the head it's it's more also the fact that they're fighting with a dehydrated you know brain tissue um so, yeah, that, that does play a role. And, yeah, it's, it's savage. Yeah, and, uh, like, on that note, obviously, we've seen... Uh, did you see the thing with Tony Ferguson? 
Which one? Um, the one uh, recently where he done the interview with uh, Kenny Florian and Michael Bisbee. He was training his fight camp to fight Brian Ortega. Yeah. And uh, he looked so dehydrated and stuff like that. And uh, he went to the hospital. He had tests done. He had like CAT scans and everything. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. Um, and he actually hadn't started his weight cut or anything like that. But because of his weight cuts previous of how bad they were um, and how much weight he'd actually lost, he'd actually shown signs of having a stroke. Wow. I mean, that's just too far, man. I mean, some of these guys, you know, they, I get the, I get that you want an advantage. I get that, you know, you want to, if you can cut the weight, you know, you know, like Darren Till, as, as, as much as he missed that, that, you know, missed weight once, um, the, the fact is he, he's quite consistent with making weight and he has made weight, you know, all of the other times. But he's a big guy and he can do that job. But when you have some guys, you know, cutting 30 pounds, yeah. almost, you know, 25 pounds in a couple of weeks, it's crazy. Um, I, w- I would definitely would say no fighter should leave any more than 10 pounds come fight with. If you, if you do more than that, then you can expect a short career because it's just, it's just the body can't take that much. Yeah, and uh, I think that's what the UFC are trying to bring in. So because the one that I always go back to is uh, Anderson Silva, who used to fight at 180. Um, he used to walk around at 2.30. Yeah. And once he'd done his weight cut, he'd get down, he'd gradually start his fight camp at around 2.10, 2.15 and cut down to 180. Um, and then as soon as he'd done it, because of the laws that they never had in America and stuff like that, he used to just go and sit on a drip for three hours in, in a hotel room. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this whole IV thing, um, I mean, obviously they can't regulate that, so they can't tell what they're, what you're putting into those... Um you know, into those packs. But I do, I, th- I think the use of an IV is actually quite positive. I think it's something that, you know, if, if you had a dehydrated, um, if you, if you was in the army, they'd put you on, on an IV. If you was dehydrated and you went to hospital, they'd put you on a drip. So I think if fighters are cutting crazy amounts of weight, um, I think an IV is, is probably beneficial to them, you know, it, 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 certainly in terms of health anyway. Um, but, I understand it's, it's it can't be regulated uh, closely enough. So yeah, and obviously, not. like you said, with the amount that people are losing and stuff like that, it's probably the healthier one to do instead of just drinking normal water and and then going out for something to eat and stuff like that. Because then, obviously, you could potentially be overeating for what your body's not used to. Well, you're you you're almost capped because if you cut a crazy amount, say you cut twenty pounds, you can get that. You can get that, you know, amount put back in through an IV relatively quickly. Um, but if you was to try and put 20 pounds of water you know, orally back in, back into the body, um, you are only limited to about a liter an hour. Because if you drink any more than a liter an hour, then most of it's just coming out as piss. So, um, yeah, it is a tough one. It is a tough one. I'm, I'm a fan of IVs, but I get why, why they're, yeah, why the UFC. Are- all right so we've gone through that bit uh we're gonna go through your instagram and stuff now and uh like because i like how you you put things and stuff like that you, you cut out all the shit of what other companies try and do <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh you say it how it is basically and people need that sort of honesty because it's it's not beautiful rainbows and stuff like that it's black and white you either want to do it or you don't and it's taking the right advice if it's given to you obviously you still have to use it in the right way but yeah it's you're giving people this advice especially through your instagram you're giving them it basically for free um with little meal plans and stuff like that and little tips and stuff like that and people just don't seem to People still are like like in the UFC and like in MMA are still missing weight and stuff, and people that are just fitness people anyway. Well, they're saying they're fitness people yet try and lose weight and can't really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to spread a little bit of honesty around the industry. I mean, I get that there's a lot of bullshit lies out there about how to lose weight and how to build muscle, how to cut weight as a fighter. So. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to create graphics and and create videos that um, clear clear stuff up and 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 do it in a in, in an entertaining sort of way you know I, I get that this uh, to a lot of people this subject can come across as quite bland um, so what I'm trying to do is just spice it up a bit and make yeah it a bit like we were saying before obsessive. obviously giving people the right knowledge of 
if they want a certain diet plan or want to eat certain foods, because obviously, like you said, it can be quite bland. People think, oh, I'm going on a diet. I've got to eat salad and carrots for, for three months just so I can lose weight and be healthy and stuff. Whereas it's not like that at all, really. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you, I saw some fight. I saw a fighter last week have it. I think he had like three leaves of lettuce <laughs> and like two prawns on his plate. Took a picture of it and was like, "Yeah, cutting weight." Just looked at it. I was like, "What the fuck? Like, are you a rabbit, geese? You know, you shouldn't. You shouldn't have to restrict stuff that much to 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 make weight. You know, um, I don't know. Maybe he didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, and obviously it is. Crazy. People can <laughs> eat what they want, but like you say yourself, in proportion. Whereas it's not, all right, you have to cut out all fizzy drinks and you have to cut out all chocolate and you can't eat crisps and stuff like that. But if you eat the right sort of chocolate and drink the right sort of fizzy juice, I know it's not the best thing for a diet, but whilst you're on a diet, you still need sugars and stuff like that to, to be able to function and to, even vegetables have sugars and stuff in them. So it's, it's not cutting it all out to, to make your life hell for three months. Yeah, it's it's almost cleaning it up, isn't it? That that that's all it is, you know. Especially for fighters. I mean, if you're talking about people trying to lose weight, it comes down to calories. It really does come down to energy, what you're putting in your body. So whether you overeat on um, broccoli, which would be ex- exceptionally hard to do, um, or whether you overeat on, um, you know, cereal, uh, it, it's essentially energy is energy. Um, but when it comes to fighting. Uh, I think fighters, yeah, they they almost need to clean up their diet because, as I said, you're targeting water. And when you're targeting water, it's not the same as, as fat loss. So you want to restrict carbohydrates. You want to be careful of certain sugars. And if you have a lot to cut, if you have, you know, 10, 15 pounds to cut on fight week, then then you'll even be restricting um, sugars from fruit um, because that will, that will hold on to, you know, that will hold on to the water. So, yeah, it, it, there is a massive difference between fighters making weight and people wanting to lose weight. Um, but, but yeah, yeah and I'm just, it, just trying to it's that really out. sad that people try and block it out sort of thing um, and try and avoid it, so to speak. I mean, I've got people of Facebook and stuff like that, full of fighters and stuff like that. And like you said, you see that guy with leaves and prawns and his thing. And I see people doing it all the time and stuff and I'm, for me, obviously, from the experience I've had, uh, I say to people, like, if you're going to cut weight, try and do as minimal as you can. Fight as close to the weight as you can because what you're doing to your body isn't healthy, in a sense, with cutting so much weight to fight a, a smaller weight. Yeah, you'll feel confident and you think you have the advantage and stuff, but your opponent's doing the same as well. So why not try and go up a weight to see how it is? Obviously... At the pros, it's a bit different, but on the amateur circuit, you've got that choice really to to experiment. Yeah, and I think that's that that stand, that stands even truer when you're because when you are an yeah. amateur, you're probably having a same day weigh in. If you've got a weigh in on the same day, do you really want to be cutting ten pounds? Do you know what I mean? And you, you've got a you've got a fight within. So fight trying within, to refuel you know, an hour or two, anyway. not really an option. Um, which, it, yeah, exactly. So, you know, you can't replenish that. I mean, I, I remember once I went to a jiu-jitsu tournament in Plymouth, maybe. Um, and basically, I I had to be 66 kilos um, and I was 66 and a half. I had the worst night's sleep of my life. Four hour trip down there, throwing up on the way down, starving for days got there and I was still half a kilo over and they, they, they moved me up a category. They moved me to the 72 or 73 category. Um, and I felt like shit. I was already almost 66 and I, I should have just, you know, should have just sat at that category. But instead I depleted myself so much, made myself feel like shit just to put myself in a lower category. Um, <laughs> and then I ended up getting submitted into the first round. Anyway. Yeah. See, I see guys do it. Like I, uh, I went to Colchester to the Cage Warriors Southeast Academy uh, this year, just gone. And you can see guys that are, are there and when they do the weigh-ins and stuff, and some of them look really unhealthy. And then when you see them, they're like, because I got their fight day. Um, and then you see them the, the, the same day and you're like, oh my God, it's like yeah. you're like a different person. 
<laughs> yeah, and then when you see yeah, them after the fight and they're and laughing and, and joking, yeah. you're thinking, see, you've had something to eat, like, and you've had a drink, like, you are so much happier now. I know you might have been in the zone or you've not been focusing <laughs> or anything like that, but you're so much happier now because you've had a slice of pizza and a drink. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. It's just it. It really is mad. I mean, part part is probably the as well. A lot of fighters not only cut weight terribly, but they re terribly. Right? So yeah, you've worked with some. Uh, you've worked with some big names, obviously, like Nathaniel Wood, um, and Aaron Chalmers and stuff like that. How's that for you? I bet uh, yeah. a few years ago you didn't expect that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, it, it's really surreal, actually, when you when you when you think about it. But um, it, it's a tough one because, like I said, you know, we're we're in the UK. We're over here trying to keep up with the Americans, and we've got all these amazing fighters like Nathaniel, you know, and all these people that are putting in the time and the effort. But there's just no one that knows about weight cutting. So, um, yeah, whilst I didn't, I didn't expect it to grow so quickly. Um, I sort of was, I was hoping to eventually be working with fighters of this caliber because I just feel like they need the support over here. You know, we, they don't, they don't have the same support. Um, I mean, working with Nathaniel, I've worked with him for his last four, four, three or four fights maybe, and he's now cutting weight is just easy for him. You know, it's 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 a walk in the park because we've set out what we're going to do and we've practiced it. For and obviously almost, if you can get the right now, diet so, plan into these so guys yeah, it's, it's, as well, like you said, it's their, their weight cut becomes a piece of piss. Basically it's, it's, uh, they're more knowledgeable and it's a bit more of a sensible. Way. Exactly. I mean, Nathaniel doesn't just cut weight. Like I don't help just help him cut weight. We're on a, we keep track of his weight, his body weight year round. You know, there's certain times you'll go on holiday and have a little binge, you know, have some drinks and whatnot. But even when he's outside of camp and just training, we're still watching that. We're still watching that weight, you know, and making sure that he's not getting too heavy too quickly. Otherwise, we've got issues. So, um, yeah, it, it is a full time sort of procedure. To, to yeah. And uh, like you said, it's you eventually knew that uh, you'd work with guys like that. So is there an end goal of where you want to get to or anything like that? Or are you just going to keep enlightening the UK of how to eat smart? I don't know. It's a tough one. Yeah. There's a lot of avenues this could, this could head down. <laughs> I think, I think I'd like to, I'd, I'd definitely like to start doing more with the UFC. Um, obviously we've got a couple of fighters now that are in the UFC, but I think hitting that a little bit more, um, certainly the UK and European scene. Um, and yeah, just, just honestly, just try to create more of an education around this weight cutting element because there's, there's a lot of people saying that, you know, it, it's something that should be banned or they're saying we should have more weight classes, but they're missing the, the really simple thing, which is we just need to educate. Yeah. And that's and that was the sort of thing that's like really pissed me off as well. Know. People are trying to call for, for weight, more weight classes. I mean, more weight classes just means people will miss weight in more weight classes. More fines will be getting punished. And I think with yeah. an organisation like the UFC, there needs to be a harsher punishment for it. Because obviously, like you said, people like Khabib, I think he's missed weight three times now. I mean, if anything, uh, it's happened before with a UFC fight. Uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson, he missed weight twice, got told to, he got cut, sorry, from the UFC and then come back and missed weight again. And then got told to either move up or he was done. And then he moved up to 205 and he was an absolute animal. Yeah. Yeah, so it can work. As you've seen, he's a perfect example. Um, it can work, you know. You don't have to restrict yeah. yourself to a... We saw it with Johnny Henry. Yeah, and well. uh, people like Kevin Lee. He's yeah. He was the one that said it, like, we need more weight classes, all this, that, and the other. But... If that was me and I didn't feel healthy enough knowing that I couldn't get down to that weight, I mean, obviously, you try and give it a, a little bit of a trial. Obviously, if you haven't got a fight scheduled and stuff um, and you were going to have a fight, you'd try and do a weight cut to see what weight you could get to healthy. And then if you couldn't get to that weight, you say, all right, well, I'll just go up. But then obviously, if you can get there, uh, happy yeah. days. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I get that there is probably a, it's it's every um, you know the weight division, the weight classes at the moment are quite um, you know they are quite broad. So I imagine there are people on the cusp that that are asking for more weight classes, more weight divisions, and I do get that. Um, but instead of blaming people failing to make weight on the weight divisions, why don't we actually you know provide a little bit more? Yeah, and obviously, like that, like I was saying, they're, they're, they're paying these guys. Well, in them organisations, they could be paying them up to thousands of dollars, and they're paying them to miss weight. I mean, if you go in there and lose a fight, it's no like it's your job to to go in there and win that fight. So surely it should be your nutritionist's job to make sure you're on weight and make weight healthy. Yeah, I think they just take the jobs though, don't they? I mean, you look at Cyborg, you look at um, Khabib. Like I, I don't know. I, I don't know. What, I don't know what it is, but perhaps you know. Certainly with George Lockhart and, and that Lockhart and Leith company, I'm sure they're. I'm sure they're just taking, taking, uh, taking on fighters without without necessarily um, speaking to them about what weight they should be fighting at. Because I looked at that Cyborg Cup video a while ago, and honestly, I'm I'm not sure I would take that job. You know, if that was me, and she offered. You know, even if she offered me tomorrow, you know, oh, I've got, I'm fighting, you know, a world title fight. I've got 25, 30 pounds to cut. I'm not sure I'd take that, you know. I'd probably tell her, you, you, you know, that that's a silly decision to make because that that's when people damage their body, their health, their reputation. They miss weight, like we've seen with Khabib, like how many times now? Um, as a nutritionist isn't just the person that helps you make weight it's actually the person that's meant to tell you yeah and obviously it's got to be a bit of knowledge from the nutritionist themselves as well because like you said it's like you wouldn't want your reputation to be damaged because this is your job as well as theirs and their health and safety is basically in your hands at the end of the day to get them to fight week healthy and stuff like that. So if they turn around and do an interview and say, oh, yeah, I, I use this guy or I use that guy, um, and I don't think the plan was right, and I ended up missing weight by three or four pounds, like, that makes you look like a dick then. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, with, I, I, I'm not sure how many chances you can give someone like Khabib at that weight before, you know, if he'd have missed weight once, cool. Twice, all right, that's annoying, but fine. Three times? Do you know what I mean? At what at what point are you going to say to him you need to move up a weight class because you just you're ruining? Yeah, exactly. Like That's what I was saying with like Rumble Johnson. Well, he, I think he was fighting at one seventy, and it wasn't even close to to making the weight. I think one of them he missed him and he was one seventy six. I mean, to me, that's that's a big difference of that's half a stone almost of of him missing weight, and then he went up to one eighty five, and he he one of them he weighed in at one eighty nine. I mean, for instance, then yeah, go up to 205 and be an absolute yeah. monster at 205. You, you wonder how he ever even tried to get down to 170. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's weird. It's certainly as how as the um, as the doping, you know, the US Doping Association and everything came on board. Things certainly started to change, didn't it? Um, but, but yeah, and uh, yeah, like one of the things that I was uh, like, it's sort of my idea that the UFC could do. Obviously, people like Khabib, um, you miss weight, obviously, you you get an automatic 20% purse loss, and then for a certain amount, and have a bracket of say two or three pounds. If they miss weight by a pound and a half, that's 20 that's 20%. But if it goes over that two or three pounds, then you get fined 10% every pound you miss. And then, because some people do weigh in, I mean, uh, yep. Mackenzie Dern, I think her name is, she weighed in six and a half pound overweight. Um, and before weighing, she was out drinking with her friends. She And then she openly admitted she could be asked. I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, that, that's what I... <laughs> Yeah, it's gross. Like, to... These are professional, these are professional, do you know what I mean? This is, this is their... This is their career, and you're weighing in six pounds overweight. You know, I think like the first time it should be disgusting. obviously you get a fine, and then the second time you get a bigger fine, and then maybe third time you get a six month suspension, and then maybe then they'll take it seriously that if they're not making any money from the UFC, then that's it. Like you've got six months to sort your life out and decide if you have to move up a weight or not, or 
go to a different organization, really. Yeah, yeah, or, or just put the necessary, like you know, put the necessary individuals in place. The people that, the people that can help people make weight, put them there because. You know, these if if you've got the right, if you've got people making weight, then you've got happy fans, you've got better performances, you've got better, you know, happy fighters are getting paid more. When you take out that element of someone that can help you cut weight, you're essentially relying on the fighter themselves to make to to turn up, you know, on the day. And look how much money the the Khabib fights, yeah. you know, the Khabib and Tony Ferguson fights would have raked in. They gone ahead, you know, first time. Um, and it's, it's just that that you can't put that much responsibility yeah. down to just a single fighter. You know, they're the, their job as much as exactly they've got a team around them for a reason, and so... they pay their team for this sole purpose to make sure that they're healthy. Like you won't pay a head coach to to, tra- to train you how to box and then not go in there and throw a punch and say to him, "Oh, it was his fault. I got knocked out." <laughs> it's but. Yeah, that's the, that was the yeah. thing that sort of yeah. like really riled me about like on the Darren Till one because obviously with these, with the fines and stuff like that, they just seem like oh, I don't care, I'll just pay the fine and stuff like that. I mean, because I know he busted his bollocks trying to trying to make the weight um, and everything like that. But to me, the whole situation like he done everything possible to get a UFC to Liverpool, and then to obviously he had a few issues that week and stuff, but to miss weight by a certain amount, and then now he's beat the number two ranked guy in the world, well, the number one ranked guy in the world, and he's now getting a title shot. I mean, to me, that's... It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, remember, there's, an, there's a business element to it as well, isn't there? And I'm sure... I'm sure Darren now got quite a... quite a big... Um, you know, he's creating quite a big bus in, in, in MMA. So, of course, it's going to bring in some money. Um, but also as well, do you know what? I think give the guy a shot, you know, let let him have it. Let him, you know, he's a young lad. If anything... Yeah, I think, I think he'll gonna, beat Woodley anyway. But... Great. <laughs> um, the only thing is... Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I, I think so. I mean, who knows what's going to happen, but I, I, it would be nice to see some more British guys, you know. Certainly, I'd love to see Nathaniel Wood um, in that position in a couple of years. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just this whole weight cutting thing, you know. We get out of this mindset of this Conor McGregor mindset, where you know, like, oh, I only need my team. I only need yeah. my team. Maybe for the technical side, mate, you do. When it comes to when it comes to things that are a little bit more sciency, it's probably better to to bring in the right guys. You know that you can't you can't you can't do things the old yeah. way. You know, all oh, the time it's not going to um, work with uh, yeah. like McGregor. I mean, we've seen him go up and down and up and down. I mean, he went up to 170 and fought Nate Diaz. And then, what, five, six months later, he was back down to 145, uh, 155. Sorry. So he, he's done it the smart way. And obviously, like, like I say, I get what you're saying, obviously, with his team and stuff like that. But he knows whether he's motivated by money or the winning and stuff like that. But he's not missed weight. There is people in these organizations that constantly, repeatedly make weight. And then the people that don't make weight, the one or two people that don't make weight, it's looking bad on them because then people say, oh, yeah, I see that guy in the UFC that didn't make weight. And then they just look at the whole UFC. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, people do get a lot of... The, the, the sport as a whole will get a lot of stick for people missing weight. Um but it happens, man. It happens. Yeah, and obviously they do have a busy that. time and they put a lot of trust in these other guys. So, I mean, if I was paying someone to do something and, and they didn't do it right, I'd be hella pissed. Like, especially if, because obviously you're going in there and someone's going to try and punch you in the face. Like, <laughs> you need to focus on that. So, it's you need to focus on what you need to focus yeah. on as much as what they need to focus on. Yeah, remember as well with when it comes to fight week, these guys, especially main event guys on on any show like Cage Warriors, Bama, not not even the yeah. UFC, you know, they've got a lot of media obligation, and they're doing all of this media stuff, all of this traveling. You know, they're in a different environment in a city they they may have not been to before, and they're having to make weight. You know, so I 
I do get that there are a lot of things behind the scenes that the public don't necessarily see. Um, but that that that's something you you've got to prepare for if you're a pro fighter and if you're on the main event, you know, if you're a main event fighter or, or even a main card fighter. You've got to, you, that's something you've got to. You, you, you can't know, go into the sport and not expect if you believe events, in yourself. Yeah. Obviously, all fighters believe in their self and their own technical ability. You can't go in and think, oh, well, I'm not going to make it to the top. I just want to stay r- r- number 10 ranked. I'll just stay here fighting these guys in and above me, but I won't ever go for a title. So you don't, so you know, eventually, if you are good enough, you will get to a main card. So, like you said, you have to take all this into account where you're yeah. traveling. I mean, like the world tour that McGregor and Jose Aldo done, uh, they they done like four different countries in the space of two weeks or something. So, and they both still managed to make weight. So if you've got a nutritionist and doing that, and you can say to them, look, I'm going to be doing this traveling because I've got to go this place, that place, this place and that place. Like either come with me in a sense, because I'm paying you or try and figure out how to keep my weight whilst I'm traveling. Obviously, I'm going to different countries or even different towns. Uh, what can I eat that's quick, that's going to keep it down, where I don't have to do much whilst I'm traveling? Because, like you said, obviously, in the UK, like people are like on Bama and stuff like that. If they've got a fight up in Newcastle, but they're from down south, they've got a long drive or a long flight, but then they've still got a drive to get to an airport and then a flight and a lot of hustle and bustle to get there, where I think a little snack could potentially help keep that little bit of weight down. I mean, if you eat, eat in an airport, there's not many healthy places in an airport to eat. It's more Burger Kings and Greggs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a tough one. It's a tough one, but but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's it's exciting, man. The sport is growing. This part of the sport as well is growing. There's a lot to be excited about, but we do need to address. This Maybe you should do like uh, for sure, like an open workout sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, like get get a couple of fighters down and, and they just say about nutritionists. The a seminar. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, I mean, I do hold. <laughs> I, I try to hold. Yeah, I hold seminars at the moment. So um, we've done three this year. Um, Stevenage, London and Reading um, and I've got one in October in Liverpool um, and yeah that's essentially what we do, we, we make seminars we, we sort of try and book out a room that can hold about 50 people we get coaches, we get um, fighters and, and we even get people that are you know, studying nutrition and will, what would want to work in this area of, of um, nutrition um, yeah and we just educate them we just, we just have a laugh we talk about some of the myths talk about the bullshit you know we um and then we we cover the weight cutting aspect itself and yeah we, we've had kids come you know we've had kids that are you know teenagers that are learning the right way the safe way to gradually drop weight you know not none of this yeah and obviously that's bullshit, you know? what the sport really needs basically i mean not just the, the sport of mma just fitness in general really because you see it from other people that they they do all like these Iron Man competitions and stuff like that and like Tough Mudder and stuff. I mean, I, I get that the Tough Mudder and stuff's just for the average Joe as well to have a bit of fun, but it's something that if you don't eat right or train properly for, it could potentially could do long term damage to your health. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a fight where you're going in there with essentially almost no rules um, to hurt someone and you're doing it, you know, dehydrated. It's it's crazy. It's crazy when you think about it like that. But um, yeah, that's why you've got to be even more careful. This isn't a game of tennis, you know. Especially more uh, for for like the amateur circuit. I think it'd be because obviously if you do it in the amateur circuit and get seriously injured, um, or serious, like he could end up with brain damage and stuff like that because of dehydration and stuff, and not the right nutrition and things like that. You you could never make it to a pro, and if you're seventeen, eighteen, it's the rest of your life basically. Yeah, yeah, and especially if you're doing it four or five times a year. The thing with weight cuts isn't that it's just one, you know, it, it's not that it's just one weight cut. It's when you're you're putting your body through four or five cuts a year 
and you're cutting 15, 20, 25 pounds every time, that, you know, that's going to have some insane long-term negative effects on, on kidney function. That's how we, that's what, that's one of the main ones we see is, is fighters, you know, having poor kidney function. And it's just from cutting weight. It's from putting in all that water and dragging yeah, it and back out. Yeah, it's, you know? like, it is just education that people need. Um, not just what they need to eat, but what the effects it has on your body as well and different parts of the body. Because people just think, oh, yeah, I'll cut loads of weight and stuff and it'll just be off my belly. Like, no, it can affect your brain and stuff as well. And I think that's the, I think that's the main thing that people don't really realise, that it's not just the fat bits that you want to get off, like your stomach, your bum or your legs. It's your whole body it affects. Well, the whole process, the whole fight week, so the water load, the cutting, the restriction of carbohydrates, the no salt, you know, not adding salt to your meals, the going in the sauna, the hot baths, diuretics, all of that targets water. None of it is going to make you lose body fat. You know, if you go sit in a sauna for 20 minutes and you come out, there's no way you can look at your stomach and be like, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I've just lost a couple of pounds of body fat. It's water, you know, that... The, that, that's why I say, diet. You know, use your diet to burn body fat at the start of camp. Like you said, get down to a nicer weight, and then if you have five, five or six pounds left to cut in fight week, that's gonna come from water, and that's fine. That's fine, but yeah, just, just don't don't get confused. You know, with with water and fat loss, I think is the main thing because that's when you start seeing people eating <laughs> and, and single prawns. You know what I mean? Like it's so you don't have to eat like a rabbit because during fight week, you're not targeting body fat. You're targeting water. Therefore, it's, you can still eat protein and fats. You can, you can eat those foods. It's the, it's the salt and the carbohydrates and the water loading that, that is the thing, you know? Um, so it's very, very different um, fat loss compared to... to yeah, and like, sorry, I'm just different. going through your Instagram and uh, again... And like what you post on your Instagram, like you said, you're trying to spice it up, like you're trying to make it a bit of fun and stuff like that, because obviously it can be a bit bland, like you want with Peter Griffin and Meg and stuff like that. Um, it's not just the pictures that uh, that yeah. people should be taking note of. Quite a lot of your posts and stuff like that, you explain a lot of stuff um, about what it is, um, about how what to eat and how you can do it in proportion and stuff like that, and what it does to your body so that people don't need to completely cut this sort of stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just trying to make things a little bit easier because, you know, every Tom, Dick and Harry is going vegan or keto now with thinking that they have to. Um, and you see these crazy documentaries, um, you know, like, um, the truth about carbs, which was on BBC not long ago, which actually was bullshit about carbs because most of it was nonsense. Um, and yeah, so so there, there's just there's just so much misinformation that I'm just trying to make my page about yeah and uh, useful tips, you know. Like you say, and it's like even people like the BBC are trying to put out rubbish news. I think it's they're even trying to get views, and that's what I was saying earlier. Like these other companies and stuff that are doing what you're doing but they're trying to sell it to people as their information and their techniques and their knowledge isn't as up to standard so to speak so they have to put unicorns and rainbows on it to attract the people to it yep well that's it do you know what i mean you 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 should never try to sell information do you know what i mean like i I'll tell fighters how to make weight because I know the money isn't in telling them the information. You should yeah. want to spread that information. The money's in the coaching. You know, I can tell you how to make weight. If you can do it, cool. If you can't do it and you require someone to be there to, to help you get through it, to set tasks, to keep you, uh, you know, adherent, then that's where my job comes in. That's what you pay me for. You don't pay me to tell you to, you know, create a calorie deficit to burn fucking body fat or restrict salt and carbohydrates to to you know to cut water weight as a fighter it's it's that's you don't get and also, paid for that. like you i said it, it's your job at so the end of the day as well when, like this is your job so if you fuck it up for someone basically they're not going to come back to you and then one bad comment from say a top name fighter that's 
your reputation taking a dent and you losing custom. So you need to try and rebuild some sort of uh, not uh, not knowledge, um, respect again from yourself to get more clients in because obviously it it's your job. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. There's a lot of risks, but there's also a lot of um, a lot of rewards as well. So yeah, you, you, yeah, you get and that's obviously taken. like like you say, you do it with uh, MMA athletes and stuff like that, and not just MMA athletes, like sports people and just normal people as well. So it's it's a risk with everything, but it's it's why we love this game, really, isn't it? So, but yeah, right. I'm gonna thank you for your time. <laughs> Pleasure talking to you. Uh, if you've got no any shout-outs or anything mate. you no. want to do, then uh, fire away. Just shout-out Mr. Sport Official, just uh, on all social media platforms, mate. That that would be a – yeah, that, that would just be the one, or mrsport.org. Um, and, yeah, just – do you know what? It's not even about selling anything. I just want more people that are interested in nutrition or MMA or weight cutting just to check my, check my page out, check my stuff out and – Hopefully, hopefully they'll learn a, a thing or two. You know, yeah, um, good stuff. Yeah, that's, that's Absolute it, pleasure talking Absolutely. to you. Hopefully, we can do it again soon. I uh, you too, buddy. just going to give out three quick shout outs. Uh, <laughs> CBD Life UK, they've jumped on with my podcast and uh, are supporting me. Um, I've got a competition on my Facebook page with them. Uh, go and check them out. It'll be finishing hopefully this week or next week. Uh, if you use CBD Life. Uh, use discount code MONSTARS15 for 15% off your order. Um, Ultimate Fighting Outlet. Uh, they do everything from wraps, tape, shorts, boxing gloves, MMA gloves, tie shorts, everything. Uh, go and check them out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And if you use them, use discount code MONSTARSMMA and also Tasteless Tees. They've, uh, they've sorted my nice shiny new logo out and everything like that. Uh, yeah, so go and check them out. They're on Instagram and stuff like that as well. Get yourself a custom walkout tee if you're a fighter. So, yeah, I'll thank you very much again. And uh, nope. I look forward to seeing uh, what's next from you. Yeah, thanks for your time, buddy. And, yeah. Yeah, um, hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll both be at an event somewhere. In the future. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> and you. For sure. For sure. Have a good one.